Welcome to the Wealth Standard Podcast with host Patrick Donahoe, author of the best-selling personal finance book, Heads I Win, Tales You Lose, and one of the nation's most influential financial advisors. The Wealth Standard's focus this season is investing. 2020 opened with markets and asset prices at all-time highs, but many of us experience more financial uncertainty now than we did a decade ago. Although there are more choices and opportunities than ever before, the risk-to-reward ratio teeters on a global fulcrum, contributing to the roller coaster of emotions surrounding financial well-being. It seems like everyone is walking on eggshells. This season, we'll cover topics revolving around investment theory and strategy, atypical investments versus conventional investments, and the role of investing within personal wealth strategies. The Wealth Standard Podcast is committed to inspiring you to be more financially free. There is no better time to gain clarity about your wealth strategy, your investments, and your financial future than now. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Patrick. Thank you for listening in to this week's episode of The Wealth Standard. I'm up in Sun Valley, Idaho. It's beautiful up here. It's really cold, but as most of you uh, longtime listeners know, I'm at uh, Tony Robbins Platinum Partners Finance Trip, which is a, a summit of just a couple hundred people every year that learns from some of the best minds in the economy about what's going on, what are the opportunities, what to be aware of. So I'm going to recap every day for you. Today, it's going to be day one. And day one was 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 crazy. It was a, over a 12-hour day starting at noon. So we didn't get out until almost one o'clock, but it was packed. And Tony did the entire day. And I learned a lot. And a lot is repetition. I've learned some of these principles and ideas before. But as most of you know, sometimes it takes two, three, four plus an emotional experience to actually have those ideas resonate so that they're understood, not just analytically processed. I think there's a difference. Uh, and so th- so day one is very philosophical. So today's going to be very philosophical. The next uh, couple of days, they get into some alternative investments. The CEO of Blackwater, Eric Prince, is one of the speakers here, as well as Bill Gross, uh, Ray Dalio. There's, I think, seven billionaires that are going to be speakers. So it's going to be stock full of very valuable information. But today was just, it was, it was Tony. And for those of you who have had the opportunity to go to one of his events, you understand where, where he is when it comes to the importance of mindset. Cause it doesn't matter how much material things you have. Real wealth is ultimately uh, in, in the mind. And so he started right out of the gate by explaining how, you know, real wealth is uh, being able to master the mind and mastering the mind. Usually in the unfavorable circumstances, uh, and that's where if you look at the wealthy and the successful of the past from a financial perspective, they have made their wealth during the downturns, during the winters, during difficult times where everyone's afraid and nobody is willing to act because they don't have control over those kind of two competing forces, the analytical mind and the emotional mind. So it was uh, it was it was awesome. To ha- it was refreshing, I guess is the best word to use, and. 
this week he said the theme is being able to live without live without fear, especially when it comes to finances. Uh, so let me get into a couple of my notes. I've it's insane. Like I have like man, probably thirty pages of notes just from one day. It's crazy. But I'm gonna uh, highlight a few things that he says and expand. Uh, said and then expand on them. Developing ownership of being the creator of your life, creator of your life, not a victim of circumstance. I think this is a powerful idea. It's something I thought I have thought a lot about lately, especially when it comes to business. I believe that we we get caught up in what's called the tyranny of how. He refers to it as a tyranny of how, which is where the analytical mind is, you know, is trying to figure out, okay, how is this going to happen? How is this going to happen? And the emotional mind is telling us that it's not possible as well. So that's where it really comes down to understanding uh, yourself and understanding yourself as the the possibility of creation and being able to establish what you really want, not having a plan of how to do it, but having essentially a very clear set of outcomes that you are passionate, excited about, and then the how ultimately manifests. So being in that mindset is a prerequisite for that manifestation. It's, it's, it's kind of an interesting idea. I'm going to expand on it in a, in a little bit. But if you look at our the nature of growth, typically growth is not controlled. People usually will have to have some sort of unfavorable circumstance happen to them in order for them to wake up, to snap out of it, to have a, a realization or, or an epiphany. At the same time, you can control that. And I think there are, the, there are these thresholds that we have within ourselves You know, when it comes to what we want, what we're willing to do. But ultimately, you know, if you look at the nature of, of equality, and he, he hit on this and he's said it before, nature of equality is that our, our souls are all the same and equal. But the value that we bring uh, really comes down to our psychology. The value we bring to the marketplace is represented in the monetary remuneration for that. So he basically he stated that you know getting to the next level, there is there's something in your way in which you identify with economics. There are these like th- uh, thresholds. What did he what did he call them? Oh, that's on a, another page. But it's it's this idea that. You hit these thresholds of you know whether it's the the money that you make or the investments that you make you make your risk your risk tolerance but ultimately it comes down to your mind and then I'll kind of end that thought with the idea of what re- wealth uh, really is and and he defines wealth as the ability to extract enjoyment from life no matter the circumstances and being able to do that in every in every moment. I won't I won't get into that, but the the idea of money magnifies that understanding, that psychology. So what that means is if you're not happy and satisfied and joyous about what you have right now, the lack of that state, okay, will magnify, right? So if you're in a, a scarce, fear-based, frustrated, egotistical, envious type of state, money will magnify that. And it's a powerful idea. And that's why he focuses so much on mindset and state so that it's established now, regardless of what your circumstances are, that you're able to find the beauty, the enjoyment, the satisfaction with whatever is going on before you get to the next level. And that's, it's almost a prerequisite. That mindset puts you in this state of being able to have more. It's fascinating. But we've talked about that before with the whole, you know, uh, have, do, be instead of be, do, be, do, have. It's that same, same idea. Okay, so let's see another thing too. So I had a realization, which I'll, t- I'll tell you guys uh, about at the end of this podcast. Tony mentioned that with all the, all the things he goes through, the reason why he just bombards you with information isn't so that you absorb and take in all of that information. It's so that the one idea that's meant for you, the epiphany, 
the one takeaway, the one action item, the one realization just requires one to completely change your life. That's what these events are are for. And that's why I was so persistent in inviting you guys out to UPW, which is his foundational event in San Jose. There's going to be another one in Chicago in the summer. And if you guys want you know, all the information for, for my contact over at the Tony Robbins organization, you guys can register for that too with the same discount. But the, the one in Chicago or the one, there's going to be one in New York City uh, toward the end of, end of the year. But this is the idea there is so that you have this awakening of sorts. And it happens based on him teaching and explaining based on some of the physical things that you do, but also uh, based on some of the interventions that he, that he does just requires one idea. And he went through a lot of different examples, but there is someone that, that uh, pays for the Platinum Partner me- membership uh, and just comes to the finance event because at the finance event is where all these kind of ideas flow to him. And you know, he did a deal last year where he sold uh, a business to Merrill Lynch for like $1.2 billion, just coming from one idea that he got at finance. So that's the, that's the thing is putting yourself in the environment in which these ideas come to you. It's not usually going to happen in your general set of circumstances. And I had, I've had i had a few ideas. I had a couple ideas. Actually, I actually had one idea on the kickoff dinner that I could have gone home. And it's just one conversation with this, this guy in the you know, home renovation industry <laughs> of all industries. It just rocked my world. And anyway, it's just one of those, one idea, one realization, one epiphany to completely train, change your life. So hitting on the, you know, the, another purpose and theme of the week, it's expanding your economic identity, those, those thresholds, your relationship when it comes to uh, money and finance. I mentioned this last time. So Ray Dalio, and I think he updated it, but Ray Dalio has this amazing video that was played. It talks about the economic machine. And I think you guys will get a lot out of it. It's, it's deep with information. At the same time, he makes it very easy to under, understand. That typically will give you kind of the idea of a system and what to look for when it comes to economic economic opportunities. Okay, I'm gonna I'm just gonna get into the final piece for today. This is a realization that I had, and it may sound strange, uh, but the guy that was sitting next to me this first day was extremely successful venture capitalist. He's younger than I am, in his uh, mid mid thirties, and has uh, you know nine a nine figure, a couple of nine figure funds. They do some incredible incredible things. And he helped me identify something that I hadn't thought of before. So if, if you guys, so Tony, you know, ultimately is a, is a coach for a lot of you know, high level people. And most recently he coached uh, Conor McGregor in his win. I, I didn't watch the, the fight. I, I don't really watch MMA fights that often, but he used that experience to uh, talk about these four kind of archetypes that, that people have. You have the, uh, the warrior archetype. You have the magician archetype, the lover archetype, and then the sovereign or the king or queen archetype. And this, this struck me. He hasn't spoke, he hasn't talked. I've been to, to dozens of, uh, over a dozen events and he hasn't spoken about this before, but he did this time and it, and it clicked. And then the individual I was sitting next to like called me out on a few things that things started to click for me. So I'm gonna be a little open with you guys right now. So one of the exercises they take you through is they have you answer the question, what is money? What is money? What is money? You just keep saying everything that's on your mind. What is wealth not? Or what is, what isn't money? Or money is not, wealth is not. And what it does, it extracts language, it extracts words, whatever's on your mind that's just kind of fl- uh, flowing there. And what I realized is that there's some dominant archetypes that we have that I, I don't believe we are fully in control of, uh, over unless you're aware of it. So as you can imagine, and I won't get into a, a lot of details here just for the sake of time, 
But the warrior archetype, you guys can imagine what that is, right? The the lover archetype, you can imagine what that is. The magician archetype, you can imagine what that is, as well as the sovereign or the king. And these are parts of our identity, our psychology, that has been essentially formed over the course of time. But it's also kind of natural, based on our circumstances, based on you know, uh, typically child events where we came to certain realizations of who we are and what we need to do to protect ourselves. Okay. We've formed, you know, one or a couple of these dominant archetypes. And so in the language that I was using when I was coming up with where my thresholds were, my identity, I realized that my identity was, was heavily in the warrior identity and then the lover identity. And it oscillated back and forth. And there was some magician in there every once in a while. But but really what I wanted was the sovereign and the king identity. But the language I was using in answering all of these questions all related to the language of the the warrior and the and the lover. Uh lover being, you know, gracious, charitable, altruistic in a sense, giving. And then you have the warrior, which is make it happen, do whatever it takes. I realize that there are elements uh, that I've seen myself in the past as far as the characteristics of my personality, my psychology, that has come to certain circumstances with the magician. I know what the outcome is and also the, the sovereign. And I became, I, became very, I became more aware of myself in being able to identify, okay, what the, the best results that I get where my psychology is growing the most is in this specific archetype. And it's figuring out how to identify with that archetype, you know, in a sense, you know, act and show up as that archetype will get me the results that I really want. But yet I was showing up as a different archetype. This may sound really weird to you guys, but Conor McGregor was the example he used where Conor McGregor, his natural identity was warrior 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 and it's like going to battle fighting <clears throat> and and you know winning at all costs all odds but tony brought out the magician in him and the magician was the creative figuring out you know how to win the game in uh, a, a, a way that wasn't anticipated or expected and the magician is more loose they're more free-flowing and he was able to really help connor capture that and subsequently Win, win his fight in like 40 seconds or 42 seconds. And so that's the, the biggest breakthrough uh, I had, right, is really uh, understanding how I show up in my specific set of circumstances, how I view money, how I view economics, and then establishing what I really want uh, as far as the enjoyment levels of, of life. And I'm going to discuss that tomorrow with some of the things I put down. And then essentially establishing uh, you know what what those are, and then and then once it's all established, once it's stated, okay, then you can kind of come up with plans and how to to actually accomplish that. But the psychology of actually believing that it's possible first takes precedent. All right, you guys are amazing. Thanks for tuning in, and we will be back with another episode. Yeah, in just a few hours, I guess. Take care. Hey, what's up, everyone? Okay, I'm I'm back for day two, recapping the. I'm at up in Sun Valley, Idaho. It's the Tony Robbins Finance Conference that he puts on once a year for his platinum partners. It has been packed, man. It's been it's crazy. I can't find any time to to do these recaps, let alone uh, sleep. But uh, but I'm I'm having a great time. I'm learning a ton. So I'm going to recap uh, the primary things I learned from day day two. The first thing is you know Tony started out the day talking about 
your body. He's writing a book right now called Life Force, which I, I don't know if it's coming out this this uh, year, but he's been working on it for, for a while now. And he started with this quote, a person with health has a million dreams and a person without it only has one. And he alludes to this idea that the experience of, of life is, is very much dependent on our physical well-being, our health. And, and today, uh, although we have so many conveniences and life is becoming much easier from a physical perspective, that people are becoming unhealthy because they are no longer forced to survive, which helps them you know, retain that physical vitality. They, uh, they don't need it. And they are essentially, it's a, now more of a choice to work out, eat healthy, and which in a sense is even more challenging than having to do it to survive. And so he started out with that and he brings in all sorts of his companies as well as others, whether it's Goscu, which is a form of like your you know, physical structure and different stretching and, and ways you can align your body. And he has a, a number of others. I'm not, I'm not even going to get into that right now. But he is huge on this whole idea of health and, you know, having your body in its optimal state in order to have the best experience of your day. So I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. I'm going to get into a couple other things that I've thought through and it kind of does have to have to do with the whole idea of health and our physical well-being, but it's patterns. So I didn't cover this in the in the day one review, but the, the speaker late on day one was was Neil Ferguson. and He wrote The Ascent of Money. He is a, uh, a consultant to a lot of major, major hedge funds, as well as sovereign funds uh, throughout multiple countries. Brilliant individual, very funny, great storyteller, very good kind of like British sarcasm and humor. I go you know, research some podcasts that he's been on. He's definitely worth, worth the listen. You know, but he, he talked a lot about the, the history as far as the history of money. And there are patterns. Uh, and I believe recognizing those patterns really help us anticipate the future. At the same time, you know, we don't necessarily have to be subject to patterns. We can create our own patterns. And this is where health comes into play. Right now, we have a pattern of health. We have a pattern of how we do things. And understanding that that exists and then being able to essentially refine, break the pattern, create new ones in order to improve our, our results. But he specifically talked about patterns as it related to what's, what's going on in, in the world. And even though it's all different, there are some things that are the same because human behavior is the same. And so he, you know, spoke to a lot of what happened in 2008, 2009 and referenced other times in history where those same things have happened. So definitely pick up his book, The Ascent of Money. He's updated it, uh, I believe, in the last couple of years to reflect some of the more modern things that are going on, mainly Chimerica, which he talked about ex extensively, just essentially the, you know, the, what, what is driving China? Uh, what are their motivations? What are their intentions? And he looked at history to, to help refine what's going to happen in the future. So that was really, really interesting. Ray Dalio did, this, did the same thing. You know, he talks about patterns. You know, I mentioned that uh, yesterday when it came to how the economy works. Uh, definitely review that because it shows you the different patterns that occur. It's not necessarily going to predict with, you know, 100% accuracy the future, but you're going to start to be able to see signs of what's going on and understand how those fit within the patterns of how an economy works. Uh, okay, I'm going to spend the, the just the last uh, the last bit of time talking about what I believe Tony is is brilliant at and has helped me. I, I mentioned it yesterday. I'm going to keep keep hitting on it, which is this this idea of understanding outcomes, understanding results, 
understanding what your you know goal. I guess the 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 word that's used often is go- is goals, right? Those are ex- insanely important to be crystal crystal clear about what you want, why you want it, and the motivations to actually get it. Because we all have these these psychological thresholds. We have thresholds based on you know the, the amount of money our parents earned, the amount of money our socioeconomic circles earn, our peers, our maybe our extended family, our our siblings. We're psychologically capped, and it's a glass ceiling. At the same time, it's a ceiling, and so understanding goals. It's going to push you to the brink of that threshold and breaking through that threshold is what allows you to achieve those goals. And so being crystal clear about what it is, how it's measured, believing that it's possible, making it a must, not a could, but a must. I must do that. I must achieve that. And then ensuring that it's worth it, that the reward is worth the the struggle and pushing through and nothing's going to going to come without hitting that threshold and those psychological thresholds especially when it comes to money we don't even realize they're there but they're there and so being able to have something that is uh, motivating us is is huge so getting crystal clear about that you know one of the things that Tony brought up is you know cuz he he's very well off uh, which which is clear and most most billionaires are very well off and their motivations have, have changed to what they may have uh, uh, originally have been. But right now, he had stated, you know, there were at least 20 different charitable causes, whether it's partnerships that he's done, feeding, I think, 2 billion people sustainably is what his X prize is with uh, Peter Diamandis and Elon Musk. And he's pushing to these you know, more contribution to the world projects that is that is breaking through the thresholds that he had previously. He doesn't have to work, doesn't have to do what he does, but he has these new motivations that he has designed. He has created commitments there that have made him push through new thresholds that he had in order to achieve more and more. Uh, and again, his whole life right now is just about contribution, giving back. And right now, uh, there is a a birthday party that he's doing in, in Los Angeles, or actually people, his wife and his circle of influence is putting it on for him, but the proceeds are going to Operation Underground Railroad. There's a documentary that Russell Brunson did. There's also a movie coming out with, oh gosh, what's the actor? He's like one of my favorite actors, the guy who played uh, the Count Monte Cristo. It starts with a C, I think. Oh gosh, I can't remember. It might come to me. But anyway, there's a movie coming out about the human trafficking, the sex trafficking that's happening all around the world. And a lot of the demand is coming from the United States. And these are places like Haiti, Asia. It's horrific what's going on. And Operation Underground Railroad is actually out of Utah. And Tim Ballard, who's the, the CEO, is a former uh, special forces. He may have been Navy, a Navy SEAL. But he essentially got to the point with his position in the government where it was very difficult to go after these types of criminals. And so he took it upon himself to actually form an organization that actually goes out and does that and is making a huge difference. Tony's raised millions and I think tens of millions of dollars. And so this whole you know, birthday party is around that idea of contribution. So there are things now that are motivating him that are beyond him. 
Now, this doesn't mean that you that we that you have to have these altruistic, you know, charitable, charitably driven things. At the same time, you know, the gift of contribution, the gift of making a difference in somebody else's life. There's more, I would say, psychological, spiritual benefits for that than anything than anything else you could you could do. At the same time, it's like your enjoyment, complete altruism, right? Is is imbalanced, right? So it's your enjoyment of life, being able to do the things you want, go to the places that you want. So what Tony does is he explains that there are these uh, kind of five financial dreams and the five financial dreams are facilitated by having savings, having your investments at a point, at a level, he, he calls it the critical mass level. The money is at a certain level that if it were to earn 5%, it would pay for these dreams. Okay, so the first level of dream is that your investments and a 5% return on those investments would, would pay for your basic living expenses. Okay, your food, shelter, clothing, transportation, and basic insurance. So you calculate what that is. Like what is the bare minimum that you can live on? Your rent and so forth. And it's what is the dollar amount that's needed to hit that threshold. Now I'm gonna take one step back. One of the exercises he did in advance of this was powerful where he just asked the question, you wrote it down, uh, what dollar amount would you need to be absolutely financially free? And you had people that put down, you know, 5 million, 20 million, a billion, half a billion. It was the, the, the answers were all over the place. And the reason why he did this was to, again, just see where someone's psychology is. Uh, because as he goes through these dreams, his intention was to show that we think it's going to be so much more money than it is to be absolutely financially free, and it's much less. And the psychological thing that's going on in our mind is we put this huge number, this impossible number out there, and it demotivates us from even getting started. So being able to you know, essentially establish that threshold, what is it going to take? Then going into, okay, what is it going to take to be you know, uh, what he calls uh, the first dream, financial security, right? Which is having that critical mass, that amount of money that if it earned 5% would, be, it would pay for your you know, food, utilities, transportation, basic insurance. And it's a number that's much, much less than what people think it is. And the next stage is, the next dream is financial vitality. Financial vitality is essentially all of your financial security expenses plus one half of your current monthly clothing costs, one half of dining and entertainment, one half of a, a current small indulgement and lux or luxury. So this gets to the point where it's okay, not only your basic living expenses, but maybe it's you know going on vacation or maybe it's going to, to the movies or going out to eat. So it's calculating what is your critical mass? What are the, what's the amount of assets with a 5% return that would create a cash flow sufficient to pay for financial vitality? So that's an even less or a bigger number than financial security, but it is a number that is way less than what people think they need to be financially independent. And again, this purpose isn't necessarily to say, okay, I'm going to have enough money, then I'm just going to have my living expenses covered. It's not to do that. It's essentially to create milestones, right? To create these psychological levels where we know that we have enough money sufficient resources, sufficient cash flow to pay for these things. Knowing that allows us to push more. It's to operate outside of fear. That was what I said yesterday as, a, as part of the recap, right, is to live without fear. And so these are ways in which you can essentially position your psychology so that you establish thresholds where you know, you have a certainty in your mind that if this happened, I have enough resources to pay for my basic expenses not, or financial vitality. Next is financial independence, which is essentially the critical mass at a 5% earnings rate 
that would support your lifestyle, your current lifestyle. So people budgeted out their lifestyle and then calculated what it would take there. Uh, the next is financial freedom, which is essentially financial independence plus two to three major luxuries. So this could be a big diamond ring for your 20th anniversary, or it could be a trip around the world, or it could be buying a dream, your second home on the beach or something like that. So it's that. So it's calculating what that dollar amount is. And he had kind of pages in there that showed the, the luxury cars that are out there, a home, they had mortgage interest rates and payments. So you're able to kind of see what it would take in order to do that. And it was much less than what people, what people thought. And then absolute financial freedom. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So financial freedom, which is two to three major luxuries. And then absolute financial freedom is whatever you want, whenever you want. And this is where people just were pushed to, you know, and I'll, I'll give you guys an example of mine. You're pushed to put things in there that you usually don't think about. So I was like, okay, if I had absolute, absolute financial freedom, I can do what I want, when I want, what would I do? And so I started to kind of calculate things. So things that came to my mind was, taking my, you know, my wife's uh, family who are uh, underprivileged and taking them all to, to, to Hawaii for uh, Thanksgiving, like the week of Thanksgiving. So I calculated out what that dollar amount would be. And then another one was, you know, my, my wife and I had the opportunity to go to Tahiti a few years ago uh, and what it would take to go back and be able to take my brother. My brother and I got married in the same year, actually not the same year, but within nine months of each other. And so for our 20th anniversary, take them, uh, my brother and his wife, uh, to that, that same experience that Cynthia and I had, what that would be. Esther just started thinking, started thinking, you know, my parents are going to be moving from Cape Cod to the West soon. And so it was, okay, what, what would it take to you know, purchase a home where I can continue the legacy that we have because we've gone to Cape Cod every summer for geez, seven, 16, 17 years. So what it would take to do that? Anyway, so you come up with all these different things and calculate it out and it stretches you and you start to realize like, wow, in order to have that, I don't have to do much more. So what it does is it really helps to kind of calibrate where you're at and push you beyond where your thresholds currently are. Okay. So that's what I wanted to, to cover for this, this day's recap. And Actually, maybe I'll cover one more thing because I have a few more minutes. So the, the speaker for the second day, day two evening was, was Eric Prince. And Eric Prince is the former CEO of Blackwater. And Blackwater is a, a private a military contracting company that he'd uh, founded. And there's lots of you know, conspiracy theory around uh, Eric Prince and Blackwater. And it, it was... I'm not sure whether it's true or not. I mean, I looked at a, I looked at a bunch of you know, different things around the internet, but I found him to be very genuine. I found him to be very, very intelligent. He's since sold Blackwater and is now, he has different investment venture capital funds, not just in the US, but around the world. But he spoke to his, I would say, somewhat intimate knowledge about the rest of the world. And he talked a lot about the butterfly effect where today, because of how intertwined things are, one little blip here and there could set things off. And so specifically, based on what we're, we're dealing with right now is the coronavirus, he spoke a lot about China and about what China's intentions are. He made the statement that China is not militaristic. Uh, China is not after conquering the world with, with their military. They're about their economic power their economic influence and in what they're doing. I, I mentioned on the podcast before that they have a huge presence in Africa and other parts of the world. And the way in which they're doing it is very interesting. I won't get into the details there. But you know, Eric you know, went into what the supply chain looks like with, with China and how that relates to the rest of the world, as well as shipping, and just talked. He said he wasn't afraid of China. And he also stated that 
You know, there's there's a time where it's, you know, if you've been indulging for too long, it's good to go on a diet. And he said that that is what the United States needs, right? We are at historic low interest rates, highest tax revenues, but also the highest amount of debt we've ever had, uh, as well as our entitlement benefits. So we're at this point in time where we need to figure out how to how to cut, trim the fat. That was really interesting. He didn't necessarily allude to any type of trigger that would do that. But he also said that, you know, China is essentially using their influence to become even more powerful. They're hoarding gold. There's rumor speculation that they are creating a, a gold-backed cryptocurrency to, to essentially, you know, create kind of a, a more balanced trade. Anyway, it, it was pretty fascinating. He talked about you know, how, you know, Venezuela was another thing he talked about that they had tremendous wealth there, but also alluded to Maduro's influence being very deep rooted. And it's going to be very uh, difficult for Guaido to, to actually get into his position, even though he was elected. But, you know, also just talked about, you know, just how, you know, things are becoming so much more international that the, the world is very youthful. One of the statistics I saw was, you know, 600 and this is not by Eric, this is by somebody else, but 600 million people under the age of 20 in Africa, which I found fascinating. And I'll get to that with one of the other recaps based on another uh, speaker who has a, a satellite, a 5G satellite uh, company, as well as a, a new technology. Uh, but anyway, it, it, you know, his, his, uh, you know, his insight was, was fascinating. You know, he, he talked about, you know, how China is dealing with, you know, lots of other countries now and but he's also talking about how the, the manufacturing is so dependent on them. So I know I'm just going off on China, but I think the majority of people's questions revolved around China just because of what's going on with the coronavirus. But there's also a lot of uh, Chinese that were supposed to come to this event that weren't able because of the travel restrictions, travel bans. But anyway, I'm going to leave it, leave it at that. He did say that you know right now there's a tremendous opportunity if you understand the rest of the world. I think that you know United States still has tremendous opportunity. But if, for those of you who are listening that are very knowledgeable about the rest of the world, knowledgeable about how to do investment overseas. He had mentioned that you know some of the Middle, Middle East countries, uh, Africa countries, as well as some of the dependent pieces of the supply chain that we have with regards to China are huge opportunities because there are, there's capacity in other parts of the world other than China. Uh, he was specifically alluding to uh, minerals and how minerals are, are, man, are manufactured there and how uh, parts, whether it's for computers or in, you know, in the industrial, you know, in how industrial metals are being used, how those uh, rare earth mineral minerals are being used to create different technologies. Anyway, it, it was, it was fascinating. It was kind of over my head to, to an extent, but Eric Prince, he is somewhat active on online. So you guys can go follow, follow him. All right. That's it. Thank you guys for uh, listening for day two recap of my experience here and can't wait for tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official website, thewealthstandard.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and exclusive interviews this season. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.